You're listening to 100 plus most effective weight loss tricks of all time. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're here to give you the best, most effective, and sometimes startling hacks and hustles you need to know to lose weight and keep it off forever. Episode 3, Hunger and Appetite. Understand the mechanisms that drive us to eat. What regulates hunger and appetite? What natural biochemicals in our bodies can dampen hunger and how can we activate them? Appetite is the desire to consume food. It may or may not be driven by hunger. Eating triggers. Certain things trigger physiological signals that tell your body to get ready for eating. These triggers may be psychological, chemical, cultural, the result of habit, etc. Factors such as the smell or sight of food, sounds associated with food such as clinking tableware, and even mental images and thoughts of food stimulate your cerebral cortex. Your brain then sends messages via the vagus nerve to your stomach, telling it to secrete gastric juices in readiness for receiving food. The process of eating. The introduction of food into your body involves such step-by-step processes as experiencing the texture and taste of the food. This is called the orosensory response. After you take a mouthful of food, your mouth senses that food in many ways, including through your taste buds and the act of chewing and using your tongue. Signals are sent from your mouth to your brain. Depending on your past experience with tasting that particular food, these messages tell you whether to keep eating or spit it out. After the act of swallowing comes the expansion of your stomach. This activates the stomach stretch receptors, which send more signals to your brain. When the food passes further along your digestive tract, natural chemicals it contains stimulate other physiological mechanisms. Your body releases hormones and other substances in response to fats, proteins, caffeine, etc. appearing in your digestive tract. After food is absorbed into your body, there will usually be a rise in your blood sugar. The tube of your body is that open-ended digestive tract which stretches from your mouth to your butt and which therefore could be construed as technically still outside your body. When you eat, you bring food, not simply inside this tube, but deeper still into your blood, your bones, your very cells. What you eat invades your body to the fullest extent. No wonder so many of us have complicated relationships with food. Hunger and appetite. What drives us to eat? People usually call the sensation of desiring or needing food hunger, but that feeling may not be true hunger at all. The desire for food, which is called appetite, can be triggered by many things other than true hunger. Often, 
the terms hunger and appetite are used interchangeably, but their meanings are in fact different. Hunger is a motivational state, the physiological need for food. Its purpose is to regulate energy intake, ensuring that it's adequate for maintaining your body's metabolism. It's modulated by complex interactions between your digestive tract, your adipose tissue, fat stores, and your brain. Physical hunger generally arises after an extended period without food. Normally, this occurs around three to six hours after a meal. Appetite, on the other hand, is the desire for food. It may or may not be driven by hunger. Delicious-looking foods can stimulate your appetite even when you're not feeling hungry. Hunger and appetite share some traits in common. They can be boosted by psychological stress or by a reduction of your body's store of nutrients. For people living modern lifestyles, hunger and appetite can lead to obesity. Hunger is your body's built-in mechanism for food intake regulation. Its job is to drive you to eat enough to meet your body's energy and micronutrient needs, and no more. The hunger mechanism works very well under normal circumstances. Obviously, it never would have survived millions of years of evolutionary testing if it did not work to the benefit of our health. But our modern lifestyle does not constitute normal circumstances in relation to the environment in which most of our evolution took place. Consequently, hunger and appetite cannot be entirely relied upon to ensure that we don't overeat. Regulation of Hunger and Appetite Your body regulates appetite by your neuroendocrine system. Together, the endocrine system and nervous system can be called the neuroendocrine system. It's the endocrine system that detects changes in your body, such as those that happen when food enters your mouth. It reacts to these changes by releasing hormonal messengers. These appetite-regulating hormones include leptin, ghrelin, insulin, and cholecystokinin, CCK. They play a role in hunger, satiation, satiety, and energy balance. Meanwhile, your nervous system sends out electrical impulses and biochemicals called neurotransmitters. These direct the various parts of your digestive system to churn and process the food and keep pushing it through your body. In other words, when you eat food, your body responds in numerous ways. Signals are transmitted back and forth between your brain and your body's other organs. Various physiologic feedback mechanisms involving the mouth, stomach, intestines, and brain all work together to increase or decrease your hunger. Many hormones play a role. In human beings, the part of the brain called the hypothalamus is the chief regulator of appetite. The hypothalamus senses external stimuli, mainly through a number of hormones such as leptin and ghrelin. They are produced by the digestive tract 
and by adipose tissue, fat. Here are some other external stimuli involved in the control of hunger and appetite. The stretching of your stomach signals fullness. Your brain and stomach start to register feelings of fullness about 20 minutes after you begin eating a meal. When you eat, food passes into the bag-like stomach, which stretches to accommodate the food. The stretching of your stomach triggers the appetite control switch in your brain. This tells you to stop eating, satiation, and dampens your hunger for a while until your body requires more energy and nutrients. Tip. To make good use of this appetite-reducing trigger, eat foods that occupy a lot of room in your stomach but contain few calories. Examples include vegetable soups, which contain quite a lot of water, and fresh garden salads. When your stomach is chronically overstretched by overeating, your body's sensors lose their sensitivity. That appetite control switch in your brain becomes confused and the stop eating signals don't work properly. Tip. The solution to this problem, eat smaller portions. Nutrient signals. Blood levels of glucose, amino acids, and fatty acids provide a constant flow of information to your brain that may be linked to regulating hunger and energy intake. Nutrient signals that indicate fullness and thereby inhibit hunger include rising blood glucose levels, elevated blood levels of amino acids, and blood concentrations of fatty acids. CCK helps reduce appetite. When food enters your stomach, it also triggers off the release of CCK. This is a protein that helps reduce appetite and prolong satiety. One of CCK's actions is to close the valve that leads from your mouth into the lower GI tract, temporarily trapping the food so that the stomach can do its work of grinding and breaking down the food into smaller particles. The longer food remains in your stomach, the longer you feel full and satisfied. CCK works best with real food. So why isn't everyone's CCK working to prevent the global obesity crisis? Has the mechanism broken down? It's not the mechanism that's the problem. It's the food we're eating. Our appetite control switches were designed to respond to the natural whole foods our ancestors consumed throughout most of human history. Those foods were generally a lot lower in calories than the processed, high-sugar, high-fat foods we eat these days. Our appetite control switches still become active when we have eaten a certain amount of processed food but that amount of food will have contained a greater number of calories than real food. It's now much easier to consume more calories than we need before the appetite control switches kick in, which is about 20 minutes after we begin a meal. When you're eating processed food, it's easy to consume loads of calories before CCK tells your brain that you're full. Tip. In order to keep your natural appetite-regulating mechanisms in good working order, 
Base your diet on real foods with fewer calories, such as unprocessed vegetables, legumes, whole grains, fruits, and lean meats. CCK release is best stimulated by certain nutrients. The greatest stimulator of CCK release is the presence of fatty acids and or certain amino acids in the churned up food passing out of the stomach into the first part of your small intestine immediately beyond the stomach. Tip. This suggests that if you begin a meal with some foods rich in protein and fatty acids such as soy foods, walnuts, hemp seeds, chia seeds, or oily fish, it's more likely your appetite switch will be working properly. Leptin. As mentioned, leptin is often referred to as the satiety hormone. The fluctuation of leptin and ghrelin hormone levels results in the motivation of an organism to consume food. When an organism eats adipocytes, fat cells, trigger the release of leptin into the body. Increasing levels of leptin result in a reduction of your motivation to eat. After hours of non-consumption, leptin levels drop significantly. These low levels of leptin cause the release of a secondary hormone, ghrelin, which in turn reinitiates the feeling of hunger. Leptin is chiefly produced by your fat cells. Its main job appears to be sending signals to the brain to regulate your appetite and control your energy intake. There are other places in your body where leptin is produced, and leptin plays other roles besides appetite control. But as a general rule, the more fat cells you have, the more satiety hormone will be produced. While the leaner you are, the less leptin will be released. This is your inner guardian's way of trying to ensure that you don't get too fat or too thin. Nonetheless, we humans have found many ways to ignore the natural signaling of our leptin so that we can overeat. The bodies of people with more adipose tissue produce more leptin. In overweight or obese people, this overproduction of leptin can cause the hypothalamus to become resistant to leptin. The satiety signals to the brain are disrupted, which means that although the pancreas is still producing the satiety hormone, people don't get the message that they've eaten enough and should stop. They keep eating, resulting in weight gain. This can set up a perpetual cycle. It helps explain why dieting alone is ineffective in most obese adults, and why even obese adults who successfully lose weight through dieting, overwhelmingly put weight back on afterwards. Ghrelin. Ghrelin stimulates appetite and is sometimes called the hunger hormone. It is produced by cells in the gastrointestinal tract. Besides regulating appetite, Ghrelin also plays a significant role in regulating the distribution and rate of use of energy. 
The discovery of ghrelin's action was accidental. When performing gastric bypass surgery to help obese patients lose weight, surgeons remove the part of the stomach that secretes ghrelin. It was first thought that it was the smaller stomach size that reduced the patient's appetite. Later, it was found that it was not simply their smaller stomachs, but the decreased ghrelin production that helped patients reduce their food intake. Any changes in the normal production levels of ghrelin or leptin can lead to obesity. When you diet by depriving yourself of food to the point of hunger, the increased ghrelin secretion sends your brain even stronger signals to drive you to eat, overriding your willpower. This is an example of your helpful inner guardian in action. People suffering from anorexia nervosa can have high levels of ghrelin. They may feel extreme hunger and continually battle to suppress their desire to eat. Cultural and Social Influences Over the past few decades, Several factors have combined to increase our cultural and social appetite, which can override our physical appetite, leading to an increase in the number of calories we consume. These factors include larger portion sizes of fast foods, packaged foods and restaurant menu items, the ready availability of high-calorie foods that are cheap and palatable, and the constant bombardment of commercial advertising for food Studies suggest that the amount you eat is greatly influenced by how easy it is for you to get food, how much food is served up to you, portion sizes, packaging design, and commercial advertisements for food. Social rituals of eating such as eating while distracted, for example, while driving or watching TV, eating too rapidly, for example, while, while rushing to do errands, or always having dessert, may also affect our desire to override natural hunger and fullness cues. How can you counteract the effects of these social and cultural pressures? Here are some tips. 1. Learn to recognize the physical signs of your own hunger and satiety. Eat only when you're truly hungry and stop eating when you feel satiated but not overfull. 2. Learn to order, buy, prepare, and serve smaller food portions. 3. Learn to eat mindfully. 4. Learn to override habits that may make you overeat, such as always having dessert. Your biological clock. The circadian rhythms of your body, which are regulated by the hypothalamus region of your brain, also act to stimulate or inhibit hunger. Your emotional state. Some people gain weight when they are feeling anxious or depressed. Others lose weight. It is thought that when you experience an increase in stress, your body's production of ghrelin may be affected. This would explain why you can feel hungry even in stressful situations.
the second brain. Your appetite is not only regulated by hormonal and neural messages passing between your digestive system and your brain, but also by your body's enteric nervous system, sometimes referred to as the second brain or the mini-brain. This is located in your gut. It produces neurotransmitters which transmit, intensify, and modify various signals passing between your body's cells. Although we've all been aware of the effect our brain can have on our digestive system, there's nothing like a deadline or presentation to trigger a trip to the bathroom. Few people understand the power our gut is having over our brain and its likely connection to mental health and general well-being. Some neurotransmitters involved in appetite regulation include gamma-aminobutyric acid, GABA, serotonin, histamine, and dopamine. That's why low serotonin levels, low dopamine levels, and some antihistamine drugs can cause an increase in appetite. And it's also why increasing your levels of dopamine and serotonin may have the effect of curbing your appetite. In this book and program and others in this series, we suggest ways to boost your serotonin and dopamine. This second brain is capable of far more than simply processing the food you eat. It can also influence your mood and psychological well-being. It mainly communicates with the microbes that live in your gut, the microbiota. These are the tiny organisms that make up the vitally important microbiome. More about that later. Yes, there are fat genes. Satiation and satiety signals within the body vary from person to person. In some people, the desire to stop eating happens quite quickly after food is consumed. They have strong satiation and satiety signals, and for them it is easier to stay at a healthy weight. In others, it takes longer for these signals to develop, so they eat more and are more likely to become overweight. People who have weak or delayed satiety signals need to eat more food to reach satiety. Their satiety threshold is raised, and they tend to feel hungry for much of the time. This can lead to excess weight gain. Sometimes a high satiety threshold is induced by prolonged, drastic dieting. The body goes into starvation mode, and hunger hormone levels skyrocket. Sometimes the satiety threshold is raised due to damage to or malformation of the areas of the brain associated with appetite regulation. People with weak satiation and satiety signals find it very hard to deny their insistent hunger signals. Hunger is a powerful drive. This susceptibility to hunger can also be genetic. An inherited disadvantage called Melanocortin-4 receptor deficiency, MC4R, can prevent the brain from receiving satiety signals. Methods of testing for this fat gene are currently being developed.
the FTO gene, a genetic reason for obesity. Recent research has uncovered a number of other genes that are linked with a high satiety threshold and increased risk of obesity. Prominent among these is one called the FTO gene. It seems that certain variants of the FTO gene are associated with obesity in humans. One variant of the FTO gene has been associated with weight gain in 42% of Caucasians, another with weight gain in about 5% of Africans, and another with weight gain in about 21% of Asians. People with this FTO gene variant tend to overeat and prefer high sugar and high fat foods. FTO risk variants are a double threat. They cause weight gain by making carriers eat more and eat badly. The FTO gene variants helped our ancestors survive food shortages. But in modern times, we are suffering from an overabundance of food rather than a dearth of it. Now, many of us have the opposite problem, not how to find as much high-calorie food as possible and store it in our bodies, but how to avoid those foods and remove fat from our too heavy bodies. So the FTO gene variant, once a valuable survival tool, has become a health liability. Does this mean that people with obesity gene variants are doomed to a life of obesity? Not at all. The weight loss methods outlined in this program will work for everyone. The 100 Plus Podcast was produced by me, Chris Clark, and hosted by Anchor FM. Keep a lookout for the 100 Plus book to be launched in 2022, which gives you all the tricks and hacks from this podcast, plus more. Follow this podcast to stay up to date. And thanks for listening.